Let us pray. O Lord, you are coming soon, and you herald your approach with many signs. Thank you for your grace that you wish us to be ready for your advent. We confess our fear and our distraction so that we are distressed along with the perishing world. Let us instead be ready for you to come so that it means our redemption. In your almighty name, amen. Dear fellow redeemed, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Holy Gospel appointed for the second Sunday of Advent is recorded by in the Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter, beginning of the 25th verse. Please rise in Jesus' name. Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars, and on the earth nations will be in anguish, in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the surging waves, people fainting from fear and expectation of the things coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to happen, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is near. He told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they are sprouting leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is actually near. So also when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Amen, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things happen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Watch yourselves, or else your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the worries of this life, and that day may come on you suddenly, for it will come like a trap on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Stay alert all the time, praying that you may be able to escape all these things that are going to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. The world is going to fall apart. From heaven above, to the land beneath your feet, to the oceans all around, you will see things decay and collapse, and it will begin to look utterly hopeless. Your redemption is near. People are going to be terrified. Nations and countries will be in tumult and disarray. Cries of doom will come up from all corners. Your redemption is near. Your sins will take a firmer and firmer hold of you. The devil will whisper louder and louder in your ear. The world will draw you in with many attractive and distracting things. Your redemption is near. Jesus does not want you to be unaware of his return because he comes for your redemption. And so he tells you about the signs. He tells you about these signs because that day will come suddenly like a trap. Notice the signs in the sun, moon, and stars. Horoscopes and other forms of astrology have tried to make predictions based on the heavenly bodies for millennia. Some prophets tell the truth and others speak lies. I'm not capable of reading the stars for any specific predictions but I am able to discern some of the spirits of prophecy between the true and the false, as Scripture has shown me. Moses writes in Deuteronomy, If a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, and the thing does not come about, and does not come true, the Lord has not spoken that word. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. 
That seems pretty straightforward, right? If the prophecy comes true, then it's a true prophecy. But only if they claimed to speak in God's name. And then God himself has spoken that prophecy. Plenty of prophets will prophesy, but they don't claim God's name. So, you should ask, who do they claim is giving that prophecy? Now that's the thing about prophecy. It's not just a prediction of the future. The concept of prophet is that of a mouthpiece, an assigned messenger. No prophet speaks by his own authority. To be a prophet is to serve someone greater. So if someone claims to prophesy, but not in God's name, then they are prophesying in the name of a false god, in the name of a demon. But again, there's no need to fear such prophets as that either. As God destroyed the prophets of Baal through Elijah, he continues to hold his true prophecies over all of their false ones. Even should some of their prophecies become true, it's because God allows it to be so, to deceive the stubborn unbelievers and to serve his greater purpose. Yes, there are signs in the heavens. When God created the sun, moon, and stars, he said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to divide the day from the night and let them serve as markers to indicate seasons, days, and years. Those lights mark the distinction between day and night and they mark other times. Years are measured by travel around the sun. Months are measured by the phases of the moon and seasons. Moadim in Hebrew. Seasons means simply appointed times, not necessarily the temperate changes of spring, summer, fall, and winter. The heavenly bodies will show something, some significant times and events. But what? Don't be led astray. False prophets will try to make you fear like the nations, which will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the surging waves, people fainting from fear and expectation of the things coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. There's another feature of how you can know to d discern the spirits. If these prophecies don't point to your redemption in Jesus, they are false. The point of all of these things, all of these signs, is that things are in disarray. The world will wonder what it means what the signs and the stars point to, what the rising waters mean, what increasing tensions in the nations might indicate, all in fear. You, on the other hand, know in hope what these things mean. You know your redemption is near. These signs you see of changing seasons, of changing ages, do not cause you to fear. Instead of cowering and hiding or trying your best to shore up against the bursting foundations of this fleeting world, you stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is near. You are prepared, unlike the rest of the world, because you are also practiced in recognizing the signs. It's like recognizing the changing seasons. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they are sprouting leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is actually near. In the midst of winter, when the trees are dead and lifeless, you can start to long for the time a little green haze of buds will start showing on the branches. And as soon as you do see it, 
You'll recognize the coming of warmer weather. And you know that because you've seen it before. Those with more experience recognizing it are quicker to recognize the signs. Children can recognize it too, but not quite as quickly and not as well. In the same way, when you have more experience looking into the signs that God has given, the readier you are to see your hope coming, your redemption drawing near. This experience and this practice comes in what Jesus says will never fail. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So don't put your trust in the things of this world, the heavens, the earth, or the seas. Instead, put your trust in Jesus' words, whether read in your personal or family devotions, studied in Bible classes, or heard here in the divine service. Here is where you are trained to look at the signs, to recognize what they mean. And here you will be fed the word of Jesus, whose death purchased your rescue from this world. And hearing again of that cross of the Son of Man, it is the power of God for, the, for salvation to everyone who believes. And so you walk to the end of the world in safety and security in the arms of the Savior, the hands pierced for your sins. You are ready as opposed to the rest of the world. And it's important to be ready because this will come like a trap. Jesus is eager to keep you ready. Watch yourselves, he says, or else your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the worries of this life, and that day may come on you suddenly. The pathway that you walk is not secure. At any moment, it could give way beneath you. As Paul says, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Instead, find the way to be sure that you stand. Stay alert all the time, praying that you may be able to escape all these things that are going to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man, Jesus said. St. Paul also advised his hearers to take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to take a stand on the evil day and after you have done everything, to stand. Avoid complacency is the point because again, what is coming? Your redemption is near. It's not a birthday party, it's not a Christmas meal, it's not an appointment or an event on your calendar. Any of those things might be moved in case of emergency. Even if you value these things so very extremely highly, even if your family gathering for the holidays is the highlight of your year, there still exists something that can make it move off the calendar. It might be literally an emergency. If you get into an accident and have to go to the ER, you'll skip that Christmas dinner. And no one would really hold that against you either. Other things might get in the way too. Other obligations might call you away. Someone from the other side of the family might get sick or maybe get engaged and that can change your plans. And these excuses also can be understood by the family that you're choosing not to see. Less visibly than a physical ailment, your mental health might need you to back out. The holidays are stressful. Many people reach a breaking point. It can be better for you and for your family to stay home. And right now, you might not be planning to skip out on certain Christmas time activities with your family, but the possibility exists. When the Son of Man comes in a cloud with power and great glory, that is not an event that you can skip. No one can. 
It's not on the calendar, for one thing, because no one knows when it will come. And that's one reason to stay alert all the time. But more importantly, it's the most significant event that will occur. You won't want to miss it even more than missing family Christmas. What comes like a trap on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth is your redemption. It's a repetition of the Passover. In Egypt, Moses spoke the word of God. This is what the Lord says about midnight. I will go throughout Egypt and every firstborn in the land of Egypt will die. About midnight, he said. And when it occurred, the text says, at midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Middle of the night, when everyone is sleeping, when darkness reigns, when no one is ready, Egypt rested in their false gods. But with all the plagues, all the signs in the heavens and the tumult of the earth and the raging of the waters, they rested in fear. At midnight, that fateful night, Pharaoh got up, he, all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a loud outcry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not someone dead. But among Israel, the people rested safe and secure in the promise of God surrounded by the blood of the lamb on their doorposts. Egypt had been warned, but was powerless to stop the trap from closing its jaws over them. Israel had been warned, but had been told that this night meant their redemption. The end of the world is exactly the same. When the end comes, of which the whole world has been warned, anyone who does not believe in the Lamb of God is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. But why did that Son come? For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He came to save you, to bring your redemption. Your redemption is near. So stay alert all the time, praying. Prayer was essential along with the pieces of armor that God listed uh, through Paul. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. At every opportunity, pray in the Spirit with every kind of prayer and petition. Stay alert for the same reason, always per persevering in your intercession for all the saints. Prayer and alertness, readiness, go hand in hand as it did on the night that Jesus was betrayed. When Jesus found his disciples asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and keep praying so that you may not enter into temptation. Temptation will try to pull you away. You have your secret sins, your pet sins, and your shameful sins that you keep. You may think that you have them under control, too. But these sins weigh you down when you least expect it. When the last day comes, you may find yourself standing on the sand of these sins rather than on the firm rock, which is Christ. But as Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. No matter how hard you try to stay alert, try to stay awake and keep praying, you will fail. Have you ever driven in the middle of the night through the snow? Those flurries in the headlights start blurring everything like static from an old TV set. And you're tired. 
but you're trying to force yourself to stay awake. Maybe you have snacks and coffee to help you out. Maybe you have the radio up loud. You focus on staying awake, staying awake, staying awake, and suddenly you start and wake up with a jerk, steering that wheel out of the ditch. That's how weak your flesh is. When St. Paul wrestled with the weakness of his flesh, he lamented, what a miserable wretch I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? And then he answered that. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Your redemption is near. The one who has rescued you from this body of death by his own death on the cross has engraved you on the palm of his hands. He has written your name in the book of life. He has gone to prepare a place for you. And while heaven and earth will pass away, his words will never pass away. It is his promise and his word that sustains you. Your sins might have a firm grip on your weak flesh. Your redemption is near. The world might be crying out either with fear or with complacency around you, calling your faith foolish. Your redemption is near. The devil rages, the stars are falling, the seas are rising, nations are going to war. Your redemption is near. Your Savior has slept through the storm of death, even as he slept in the stern of the boat on the stormy sea. And when he was well, he rose again from death, putting that tame dragon down under his feet. In 1 Corinthians 15, the great resurrection chapter, St. Paul writes that death is the last enemy to be done away with. Jesus has overcome that death for you. The grave looms before you, and on the last day, that looms before you as well. But your redemption is near. And your Redeemer has caused even these things to change, no longer having a fearsome aspect for you, but he has made themselves by his powerful grace to mean your redemption. It's certain in him. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.